Here we are, Locked On NFL Friday edition. I hope everyone is full and feeling good after possibly a holiday meal, or uh, at least if you didn't get together with anybody for a holiday that you celebrate, you at least got to sit in front of a TV and watch football, maybe had the day off work Thursday. This is recorded before those Thursday games have been played, so we're not going to be able to break down anything that happened. All the breakdowns of all of this weekend's games will happen Monday, but we are going to make our Friday picks, Matt, for the NFL schedule on Sunday and Monday. You can find this show in all of your favorite podcast apps. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. Let's get going on the Sunday early games. We've got the Titans at the Colts. This is for second place in the AFC South. Both these teams just one game behind the Texans for the lead in the South. And this is a fun division uh, to watch down the stretch for me. Huge game for both these teams, and doesn't it feel like, and I don't think mathematically this is true, but it, it could be a loser-leaves-town match, you know, especially if the Titans lose. Like, I think both these teams desperately need this win. A loss might be just too hard to overcome with tiebreakers and where they sit right now. Um, how about this crazy stat, that since Tannehill has taken over for the Titans, Tennessee averages two whole touchdowns more per game than with Mariota. I mean, that's wow. ton. And taking it a step further, we, you and I talk fantasy sometimes, that since Tannehill's taken over, Lamar Jackson's the only quarterback outperforming him in fantasy right now. Whoa, okay. Those yeah. are both kind of mind-blowing stats, actually. Those, right. are, those are great wow. pulls there. and. I know A.J. Brown's someone that's shown up on my uh, fantasy radar the last few weeks. I've had him and picked him up because that offense is moving now. And they're, Derrick Henry's doing his thing with, you know, I, I don't, such a crazy player. He's uh, about nine yards shy of being a thousand yard rusher this year is Derrick Henry. He could become a, an 1100 yard rusher after two runs with the way he runs the football. I'm astounded <laughs> that a guy's 6'4", 250 has all of these long breakaway runs. Such a unique player. That team's a lot more fun to watch now. And uh, they, they can beat. Some teams, they can beat just about anybody. They play a little bit of defense. And now with Tannehill moving the ball on offense, I'm with you. It's not like a complete loser leave town, you're done. But the difference between 6-6 six and six and being in third place of this division or being 7-5 and five and being in second place and potentially tied, depending on what the Texans do, I, I think that's a big difference right now when there's three teams vying for maybe one playoff spot. Yeah, exactly. And very tight division. I like the Titans in this one. I think the Colts are a little more predictable. They're well coached. The Titans can be very up and down, but I think they're playing much better football of the two right now. I also think they have more star power on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Henry has a big day. You mentioned A.J. Brown. I think this defense keeps Brissett and company pretty well in check. I like Tennessee on the road. And the odds makers like the Colts at home, but not by very much. And I think it's a pretty telling line, two and a half points. So the odds makers are saying, yeah, we like the Colts because they're at home, but we don't, even on a neutral field, we might still like the Titans. So that's an interesting line for me. And I think I'm with you on this one. Titans on the road, the Colts more consistent at home. That might be enough. There's potential for both these teams to not make the playoffs, mm -hmm. but the team that wins here has... I think an infinitely better shot, even though it's one game to make the playoffs. So this is a this is I don't think it's it's overstating it saying this is a really important game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more that the loser wow has a, such an uphill climb. Yes, then yes, and, and that's the that's the thing. It's not like the winner's in, but the winner the has a lot of work to do still too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
these teams both have a lot of work to do, and uh, that's going to continue on into the offseason. The New York Jets at 4-7 and seven at the 0-11 Bengals. Is this the one the Bengals can win, Matt, at home? It could. I mean, I, I think it's gone under the radar, but the last three weeks or so, the Bengals are playing better. They're running the ball a little bit. The defense isn't quite as embarrassing. Again, that bar was super low. The quarterback was a real problem, and now Andy Dalton's getting him back inserted yeah. into the lineup. So I think they're back to being an NFL-type team. Um, but the Jets are playing a lot better, too, and the Jets stopped the run really well. I, I trust Darnold and company the way they're playing more than the winless Bengals. I think the Jets win this one on the road. Yeah, there's a couple games there where you're like, well, if the Bengals just kept Andy Dalton in there and he was starting, I think they might have had a chance to win this game. So now we'll see if he can do that. Oh, I think they'd have beat the Steelers last week with Dalton. Right, yeah, and there was the the yeah. Raiders game. Um, so Bengals, maybe this is the one. And Darnold and the Jets, the arrow was pointing up there as well. So this is one to uh, keep an eye on in an evaluation period. The Bengals, though, could win and still have a really good shot at the number one pick in the draft because they got a two-game lead as it is. Yeah, if they win this one, then they can pull Darnold out for the rest and get still get the first overall pick. There you go. <laughs> Let's go to <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles at 5-6. and six. They're two games behind the Cowboys in the East. They're still not out of it, but not playing good football either. They are in Miami to face the 2-9 and nine Dolphins. And I don't think you can take the Dolphins super lightly, but the Eagles have withstood a really difficult stretch, a lot of injuries. Poor, poor, poor quarterback play. I expect them starting this week to really start rattling off wins against bad teams, and all of a sudden people start talking about, ooh, are the Eagles back? I think they win this one big. This is a tough one when you look at the line because the Eagles on the road favored by nine points. I think I would go with the home dog here in the Miami Dolphins if I'm betting on this game straight up. Eagles, that's the reason they're favored. But I just haven't, I don't have any faith in the Eagles. They have just not played good football. Mm-mm. and they could definitely blow out the Dolphins, but I'm not putting money on it. So, yeah, give me the home dogs here. Yeah, I, I might lay the points. I, I think the Eagles' D is really good. Alshon should be back for this one. Um, but the Eagles are hard to trust right now, that's for sure. The Green Bay Packers coming off a tough loss last week against the 49ers at 8-3. and three. It's a dogfight there in the NFC North. They are in New York to face the 2-9 and nine Giants. Maybe a get-well game for the Packers after a tough loss. Yeah, I think it will be. Um, the Giants aren't running the ball well. Jones isn't playing well. He's doing very little with the line of scrimmage. The Packers throw a lot at you on defense. The Giants stop the run reasonably well, but their corners are a real problem. I mean, this sets up as throwing at Devontae Adams all day long. More of a Rodgers game than a Jones game. Um, I don't love where the Packers are as a team, but I'm with you. I think it's a get-right game. Um, if the spread is reasonable, though, you could give me enough points for me to take the Giants. Would six and a half points do it? Ooh, I was hoping like eight. So no, we're gonna we're gonna give away the points think. and go Packers. I think yeah, I think we're in agreement there. But yeah, it's the Packers are really good, and I was convinced that they were gonna beat the 49ers last week because I saw a, a bunch of. Uh, statistics and part of me doesn't want to believe in the 49ers because it's like oh man are they really that good of a football team and yeah they are that good of a football team and so the Packers I think just ran into a buzzsaw Uh, I I expect to get right game here for for Green Bay yeah uh, Barkley could have a big day but 
everyone's just crowding the line of scrimmage against these Giants, and they're not throwing people out of it. So right. it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, absolutely. Too much talent uh, for, for Green Bay to not go in there and yeah. do some work against the Giants. Let's go to a game that's, man, uh, again, another division matchup that had a quick turnaround. And the way the game ended last time between the Browns and Steelers, it's now the 5-6 and six Browns on the road in the Steelers' house in Pittsburgh facing the 6-5 and five Steelers. Yeah, we got Duck starting. We got no Garrett. We got no Pouncey. We got Ojinobi coming back. You got <laughs> nice. Uh, Juju should return. Connor will not. I think the Browns are playing better right now, but the Steelers D is the best unit of the four. It's here. It's funny because I have not made my pick on this one yet, and I'm torn. I've been going back and forth all week. The line has fluctuated a lot all week. It's gone from Steelers plus two to Steelers minus two, back and forth. So I'm not sure Vegas knows either. Do I trust the Browns who have turned the corner and Mayfield and those guys? Kind of. I think I'm taking the Browns like 21-20. One thing I saw, and by the way, that is Devlin Hodges making the duck call sound there. It's not an actual duck on that sounder. I saw a photo that Devlin Hodges posted. It's him and James Washington duck hunting. And my initial thought was, oh, man, that's like uh, James Washington cheating on his former college teammate, Mason Rudolph, going hunting with Devlin Hodges there. Uh, (laughs) That's an interesting one. Yeah. So Cleveland now is favored by two. That's where the line currently sits. And it looks like it's stabilizing there. Uh, I don't like the Browns on the road so much. No. But I don't know about I I don't think the Devlin Hodges led Steelers are really worse than what we've seen from Mason Rudolph led Steelers recently as far as quarterback play, though. Am I off in thinking that? No, I think you're right. I mean, I think he's a big wild card, and people are like, well, he's not going to turn the ball over. Well, he's only thrown like 50 passes in the NFL. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure true, that yeah. he's, you know, values the football. I don't, we don't know that yet. Um, Rudolph throws the ball better than him, but Hodges will let the ball go and is certainly playing with more confidence than Mason right now. If you gave me points on either one of these teams, I would take the points. Yeah, I'll take points. I'll take the home team in the Steelers and uh, maybe an angry Steelers trying to get revenge about uh, some helmet swinging that happened last time. Although everyone will probably be on their best behavior, right? Because it just happened, and I'm sure there's going to be symposiums for both teams about how to conduct yourself. I'm sure, but the stadium's going to be pretty lubed up. Yeah, so that that could be an interesting one to tune into there Sunday. Uh, we got more games to tune into Sunday coming up. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come out together on top, the rewards will be huge. The best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 to bet at MyBookie. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Here's a big one. This one will probably lead for us Monday, and it is the 10-1 49ers coming off a huge win over the Packers at home, now going on the road, traveling to the East Coast to face the 9-2 Ravens. I talked about the anomaly of a team uh, with a better or with the worst record favored by quite a lot. The Ravens favored by six at home against the 10-1 49ers right now. I would not give you those points. I'm going to take the Ravens to win. I hope this is our Super Bowl matchup. I think this is the most fun one we could get. Two very different styles, two different ways they play football. Um, The Ravens do a nice job shutting down tight ends. I think they'll come after Garoppolo quite a bit. And I also think that playing Lamar the first time is a little bit of a culture shock. You know, that you you can't simulate him in practice. You can't get a feel for how fast and how much he eliminates angles until you really play him. So in Baltimore, I would take the home team if these guys were to play. So I'm going to take Baltimore, but not by six and a half. I was definitely surprised to see that six-point line for the Ravens there with seeing how good the 49ers were and dominating Aaron Rodgers and uh, all-time worst output, 140 yards with 30 attempts for Aaron Rodgers last week. Here's There's a couple of things. First, it's tough to play a mobile quarterback and the most quarterback mobile quarterback in the NFL. But the 49ers have some pretty good practice. Three weeks in a row, they played... Kyler Murray twice and Russell Wilson once, and they won two out of three of those games, had a, a field goal lined up in overtime to win the other game. So they've they've practiced against athletic quarterbacks recently, which I think helps them, even though Lamar Jackson is a different beast. And the 49ers can run the ball. The one weakness the Ravens have is on that defensive front, and they're not really great at rushing the passer, not great stopping the run. So I think that's what helps the 49ers. And then the X factor in this one looks like it's going to rain too. So we'll see how sloppy it gets. Maybe you throw out both game plans. If that affects Lamar Jackson's ability to pass, makes the Ravens one dimensional. Does that skew in the 49ers favor? They both run the ball so well though. Right. Yeah. So maybe the rain helps both teams and doesn't really do much. I don't know. You know, just maybe lowers the final score more so than, than helps one team over the other. Where my thoughts is on the rain isn't the the offense so much as it might slow down the Niners' pass rush a little bit. And that's the thing with the 49ers' pass rush. Against those mobile quarterbacks they've faced, they've had to play more contained and less of their brand, which is our four pass rushers are better than your five pass blockers. We're going to just hit your quarterback all day and fluster him and and make some mistakes. And you can't play that sort of a pass rush and that sort of a defense for the 49ers, which makes it their biggest strength. It kind of takes a little bit of that away, which is why I like the Ravens also at home. Six points is just too much for me. Yeah. I love the Niners D don't get me wrong, but kind of like you said, stylistically, this isn't the type of offense they should play against. They don't want Bosa and Buckner and those guys to, slow play it off the line of scrimmage and contain the quarterback. That's not playing the Niners' defensive strengths. Yeah, they're built to to hassle pocket quarterbacks, although they do have a lot of speed on defense. They do, they do. Let's get to those afternoon games. We've got the Los Angeles Rams at 6-5, and five, facing those division rival Arizona Cardinals, 3-7-1 and one cards. I'm thinking Arizona. I mean, coming off a bye, we've mentioned, is not always a good thing, but they're home. I don't like where the Rams are at overall. Um, Short week on the road. Kyler Murray's playing well. I 
just don't trust the Rams right now. I mean, what's Jalen Ramsey will probably follow Kirk around, but that's not that big a deal. I mean, Donald will be hard to contain, but uh, that scheme, I think, will limit him to some degree, and Kyler's hard to get on the ground, and I think the Rams are not in a good place, and Chandler Jones could cause a lot of problems. I do like this home underdog situation because you get three points back, the Rams on the road favored by three, and the Cardinals just, even though they've only won three games, they've played a lot of teams really tough, and Mm -hmm. I've been impressed with Kyler Murray's development. I think he's getting better and better, and Cliff Kingsbury uh, has found a way to uh, develop a running game there. I'm kind of with you with the home dog here. Three points. The Rams are not playing well, but I could also see the Rams going into Arizona and blowing them out too. So that's what makes it uh, makes me pause a little bit on that prediction of the the home underdog win. I just don't see the Rams as that kind of juggernaut anymore. They haven't they haven't shown it in a while, and they're not no. playing good football. So that for even you know for those reasons, I, I'm with you on the home underdog giveaway or uh, get those three points back. Cardinals at home. Interesting, but they might just do that thing where they lose by one score like they've been doing all year long. No, that certainly could happen. The Los Angeles Chargers at 4-7 and seven are not playing good football. I buried Phillip Rivers last week. I've seen enough. It's time for a new era in Los Angeles or San Diego or London or wherever, Mexico, wherever. The Chargers actually end up playing. I think it's going to be L.A. Uh, they're in Denver to face the 3-8 and eight Broncos, so they're not playing at a team that's, they're not playing against a team that's playing at a high level right now either. Yeah, they're also coming off a bye. I tend to think, though, that will be helpful to Rivers' old aching body, you know, that maybe a a week Mm, off might settle him down some, work out some of the bruises and kinks. You get Derwin James back. Really tough place to play, but the Chargers are used to it. Chargers are the more talented team. Denver runs the ball well, and I don't like the Chargers' run defense, but I do think Derwin helps there. I don't have a good feel for this one. I'm going to take the Chargers based on talent. Yeah, that Derwin James boost. I like the time off for them. Um, And they've already been a really good defense, the Chargers have. So getting another piece back, one of the most dynamic safeties in the NFL, I think will will help them. And the Broncos haven't gotten great quarterback play as of late, even though uh, Cortland Sutton is developing into a really nice receiver for them. Oh, this is tough. I, I think... I think I'm going to go home underdog here just because I don't know how to feel about either one of these teams, but you laid out some good points for the Chargers with uh, their two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Uh, the, the, I mean, the Chargers are a better football team. They are, but they're hard to trust, too. I mean, if we're talking points, I'd probably take the two-and-a-half. Wish it was three, but if we're picking straight up, I like the Chargers. I, man, they're, they're a tough team to get behind. I just kind of think that the, a week off might help these guys more than some people considering the age of their quarterback. Matt, don't look now, but the Oakland Raiders could have a piece of first place in the AFC West at 6 and 5 traveling to Kansas City to face the 7 and 4 Chiefs. Yeah, I think they're going to get smoked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone seems to be sleeping on the Chiefs a little bit and no one's going to mention Mahomes as the MVP. Not that he's deserving yet or anything like that, but there's a lot of Lamar talk and Wilson talk, and I just think you forget about what the Chiefs are capable of doing. However, the Chiefs' run defense is way worse than their pass defense, and if the Raiders can just bully them with that huge O-line and Jacobs over and over and over, 
We might see a lot of clips of Mahomes holding his helmet on the sidelines, frustrated. I just don't think the Raiders can stop the Chiefs passing game at all, and their running attack, even if it is clicking, isn't enough to keep up with Mahomes. It's amazing in the NFL how quickly people forget about others. And last year it was Patrick Mahomes. The guy was like, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes is amazing. And you forget about all the other great quarterbacks in the league. And nobody was talking about Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And this year it's almost happening so quickly to Patrick Mahomes in his third season. And it's like, oh, my God, the new era has arrived and it's Lamar Jackson. And nobody's talking about Patrick Mahomes. Um but the odds makers are with you on that blowout win, and they've got Kansas City favored by 10 points in this one. And um, I, I like where they put that line. I think it's a good place to put it. It makes me not want to really bet on it, but I like the, the Chiefs big in this one. I do too. And Sunday night, we've got the New England Patriots on the road to face the 7-4 and four Texans. Texans loss here. They'll be tied in first place with whoever wins between that Titans-Colts matchup. What to think of the Texans? I mean, I really like their offense. I think their defense is missing some pieces. I read this today that Gilmore, who I imagine will be on Hopkins or they'll double Hopkins and he'll follow Fuller or a combination of the two, has not allowed a completion in three weeks. I think that's a pro football focus stat. I mean, we just shut out Amari. That's not allowed a completion in three weeks. I mean, you talk about maybe a defensive player of the year type of guy. Gilmore has been phenomenal. I, I don't like where the Patriots are on offense, but I trust them. You know, I'm not going to bet against them. I'm not even sure who's clearly the better team, but I do know who the better coach is. This could be a Watson lighting it up on national TV type of game, but I'm going to take New England in a close one, find a way to win special teams, a lot like the Dallas game last week. Yeah, I like the Patriots here. They're favored by three, which isn't a ton of points. So um, I might even give up those three points because I like the matchup. I like the way these teams match up for New England because of those reasons. And DeAndre Hopkins, that matchup will be fun if he does get um, yeah. if he does get mirrored there. And I think that's the way to do it because with the speed of Fuller, he might be able to get you still if you're one on one there. Just have somebody over the top and try to you know try to keep that speed at bay. I think that's the way the Patriots will do that one. And I, I do like the matchup for the Patriots here, and it'll make the AFC. South, even that much more uh, fun to watch down the stretch. Yeah, I'm going to take New England, too. And Monday Night Football, Vikings at Seahawks. This is a big one, a sneaky good game right now in the NFC. And um, th- what's what's key about this game right now is these two teams would be on the road in the playoffs right now if the That's playoffs crazy. started. At 8-3 and three for the Vikings and 9-2 and two for the Seahawks. So the, the seeding in the NFC playoff situation is going to get very interesting because a really good team is going to have to go on the road probably to you know Dallas even though they've got two or three games better of a record another really good game some good games on the slate if it was in Minnesota I'd take Minnesota but it's not so I'm not (laughs) and I just think Seattle at home is really hard to play against I think those Vikings corners will be exposed on a national stage Lockett Metcalf Wilson I don't know what that Penny-Carson combination is going to look like, but I do think they'll run the ball successfully. I think the Vikings' offense is quite good too, but I just don't trust their O-line and Cousins to travel as much as I trust Wilson at home. And the odds makers are with you. Seattle at home favored by three, so essentially that's a toss-up in a neutral location, and uh, I'm with you. I'm with the odds makers, Seahawks, 
by not a lot of points. Three points, you know, sounds about right at home. This is going to be a good game between a couple of good teams, but I'm definitely going to go with Seattle here. So uh, Green Bay has a chance to stay atop the NFC North there, but uh, a, a lot at stake here for both of these teams in trying to win their division. Yeah, and I think they, this could be the first of two meetings. I know they, they're both could probably wild card teams, but I think both these teams are playoff teams. In the end, if you lose this one, it doesn't demolish you. Maybe you're the six seed instead of the five seed, something like that. Um, I think they both will get in no matter what. Not no matter what, but I think that even if you lose, you're still going to end up in the playoffs. Uh, hurts your chances to win the, the division, though, because I think the Vikings are better than the Packers. I could be convinced of that, too, and I didn't think it was that way earlier in the season, but the way the teams are playing currently, uh, that's going to be a fun one. And I think when it comes to, let me double-check on the schedule, but uh, looking at week 17, no, it's week 16. Uh, a lot will be decided there. We, week 16, it's the pa- the Packers traveling to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Yeah, that's, that'll be a fun one. And if they played that one right now, I'd definitely take Minnesota. Yeah, I would take Minnesota home in that one as well. All right, uh, let's get to the defensive tackles in the NFL 100 next. Long day at work, still stuck at the office, open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. All right, Matt, we, we just did save enough time to get to this NFL 100 with the defensive tackles before... Uh, This gets released, and on Friday we'll find out how accurate we are with this list. And we'll go through this quickly. We've got Junius Buck Buchanan, 1963-1975, defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, he's somebody I know enough about that he's not just, quote, one of the old dudes. I'm going to say no. Again, we we have to be very stringent on these. There's not a lot of spots. Not a lot of spots left. When I saw Junius, I was like, who is this guy? Oh, Buck Buchanan. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know his first name, to be honest with you, though. Curly Culp, 1968 to 1981, a long NFL career Hall of Famer. Uh, Didn't get inducted until 2013. I don't know if he's going to make the cut here. Uh, Houston Oilers, former great. Right. I'm going to say no on him, too. And the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, there. Uh, Art Donovan. Also a no, a big personality, right. really good player. No. This is a name you recognize. You recognize the the personality. I don't know if the player is good enough to be on this list. He, he's on the fringe for me. Mean Joe Green. Yep. He's in. Cortez Kennedy. I was actually surprised to see Cortez Ooh. Kennedy even on the list. Oh, I'm not. I think he's a very underrated player. Really? Okay. Kind of like we talked about Leroy Selman the other day. Just on a bad, obscure, new team, early 80s, pure nose tackle type. He's a maybe for me. I don't think he'll get it, get the vote, but he's a maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any chance he gets in with this group of players when there's only 14. Bob Lilly. Yes. How about? I think he's kind of an easy one. Yeah, I think, I think you're right on that. Um, how about Gene Big Daddy Lipscomb? No, um, a lot of legend around him being much bigger than everyone he played against and a dominant player, but I'm going to say no. Yeah, 6'6", 300 pounds back in the day when, you know, 1953 to 1962 when, when he's probably going up against offensive linemen that were 265 pounds. Right, and they weren't built like him. Right. <laughs> Here's one, former 49ers great Leo Namalini from 1950 to 1963. He was a Hall of Fame inductee in 1969. Uh, first ever draft pick for the San Francisco 49ers. 
Hmm, I didn't know that. Great player, but I think he's on the outside looking in, too. I don't think he's in, and I would put him actually on the offensive tackles list before I'd put him on the defensive tackles list, a two-way player. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't realize which one he was better at, though. So, interesting. Merlin Olsen. Probably a yes, right? Um, Good at selling flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, I'm, from people our age, he's more of a salesman, you know, uh, commercials and things like that. But he was great. We put Deacon Jones on. I think Jones is the clear, easy one of that group. I think Olsen's a strong maybe. Played a really long time, too, 1962 yeah. to 1976. That's a long time to play defensive tackle. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, yeah, a lot of those Rams players and a lot of these Vikings, Alan Page is next up on the list. He's a yes for me. I think he was clearly the best player on a great team that didn't quite win one. Uh, here's another Viking, John Randall. Hmm. No. But really good, but no. I would have Randall, you know, yeah. I'd have Randall over Cortez Kennedy, but I don't think either one of them are going to get in. Okay. Um, no, I'm on I'm on board with that. How about Warren Sapp? I think yes. I think he's a step above those guys. First like, well, and not the first three technique, but he was awfully good at what he did. I'm going to say yes on Sapp. We've got Ernie Stottner. No, I mean, I'm very familiar with him from being around here, but no. Randy White. Probably a yes. Okay, we're getting close to the end here, and I don't know if there's any spots even left for Bob Willis, the last name on the list. And I don't think he belongs, but I have a qualm. I know it's kind of like the J.J. Watt argument, but Aaron Donald has to be on this list. It yeah. would still be a yes for me. I think, Sorry, I know he hasn't played that long. Even if you don't vote him in, you've got to put him on the finalist list, right? He's the best player in the league for three years in a row. Right. And he so, was great before that. Here's what's surprising, actually, to me about this. And I don't know who exactly is on the, uh, on the, on the committee for voting this in, but a lot more old-timers getting a lot more credit than players – in recent current history players. and yeah. and not even current players guys that have their careers over and they've already got a gold jacket like very yeah, no, few right. players we've seen so far from the 90s and 2000s and i understand recognizing the 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 elderly group not just even the joe green bob lillies but the leather helmet guys but to i wouldn't be putting them in over the keekleys and donalds of the world <laughs> So do we have it written down here, the list of 14 defensive linemen combined with the ends and tackles? Uh, I have the guys listed, I think, are slam dunks. Deacon Jones, Marchetti, Bruce Smith, Watt, Re Reggie White, Joe Green, Lilly, and then maybe a Cortez or a Randall or an Atkins or an Olsen, some of those type of guys we were kind of on the fence on. Yeah, a lot of fence guys in this one, so that'll be fun. And, and some of those names that we don't know a lot about and maybe learn a little bit more about when they do get voted into the NFL 100. We'll be back Monday breaking down all of the action from Thursday, Sunday, Monday. or not Monday. We'll get to that on Tuesday right here, Locked on NFL.